concentric circles and in squares within squares. Hello again. Welcome to the It's Not Polite to Ask podcast. On our first episode of the new year, we're excited to be back. I, I once again am your host, Albert Estrada, alongside my co-host, interim uh, co-host. Interim co-host. Mr. Brandon Shaw. Brandon, how are you? Doing good, buddy. Doing good. Fresh off the uh, COVID reserve list. Brandon, <laughs> I know you told me I should be probably... Recording some of these calls and stuff for the podcast, but I got a call. I got a gift from my mom that she called me a couple of days. Let me tell you, let me tell our listeners what happened. My mom got me, uh, got me some cologne for, for Christmas. And then she calls me a couple of days later. My mom is, uh, you know, my mom Annie's, uh, a Cuban immigrant. Um, speaks pretty good English, but, uh, it's a little funny sometimes. She uses some interesting words and she calls me and she says, Albert, hey, and she's always real nervous, man. She's nervous that I'm like, she knows I like to talk on speakerphone. I'm a perennial speakerphone guy. I'm one of these like nut jobs who thinks that putting the phone to your head might give you cancer, which may or may not be true, but I'm sure. probably crazy. Go with it. So I normally like to talk on the speakerphone. And the thing is, she knows that. So she always kind of gets nervous. She's like, Albert, well, who are you? Where are you? And I'm like, mom, I'm home. She's like, who are you with? And I'm like, Nobody, <laughs> nobody's here. She's still like, are you, are you sure nobody's there? I'm like, I'm sure. She like, secretly thinks like the cashier at the grocery store person or the grocery store cashier is listening to, to your conversation or something. She has a good sense of humor too. So she knows we like to laugh. So if she says something funny to me, I might put it on speaker. But anyway, she's confirming whether or not I'm on speaker. I told her, I told her yes, you're on speaker, but nobody's here. So she goes, Albert, I just want to tell you that the cologne I got you this year for Christmas, be careful. And I'm like... <laughs> Okay, be careful with the cologne. What do you mean, Mom? And she goes, be careful, Albert, because that cologne is a Gucci magnet. Stop. She said, it's a Gucci She did not say Gucci magnet. Brandon, she said directly <laughs> the term Gucci magnet. And I almost, I laughed so hard that I almost fired my phone across. Because <laughs> I was like, I was like, all right, Mom, well. That's probably the last thing I need is a coochie magnet right now. I'm trying Ver- to like, verbatim coochie magnet. She said directly the terms coochie magnet, oh which actually God. is coincidentally enough uh, a new line of cologne I'll be distributing this fall. It's called coochie magnet. Coochie magnet by <laughs> by Albert. That's amazing. <laughs> it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be in stores for next year's holiday season. But my mom's adorable, man. It's like and you know I I get it. She looks at me and she's like, Albert, you're 35. You'll be 36 soon. I think she's. It's pretty obvious that she wants me to settle down and get married and do the whole thing. So. I think that's my mom's like cutesy way of trying to get me to like find a girl. I think she thinks if I have like the right scent or the right this, I might just the cologne helps. find that. I might just find that like potential wife. And I, I do believe that sometimes little things like that can be memories. I will say out this, as much as it's funny to do the whole coochie bag thing, I do believe that when you have a cologne, you have something like that that can work as like a souvenir. Yeah. That kind of, you know, when somebody you're with, Smells that. I think there's it's like, like a, it's like a callback. Yeah, it's like a callback. There's science behind that, right? Brandon? See, see, I subscribe to the opposite. I don't wear any cologne. I just wear like a nice deodorant, and I do the whole like uh, potentially maybe there's like a pheromone thing type of natural scent going on. So I'm like subscribing to the same thing, but going about it a little different way. I like that. I like that. I mean, I, I think there's I think there's merit to both sides. I wasn't a cologne. I dated a girl for a while, you know her, and she was like like kind of allergic to colognes and stuff. I couldn't wear anything, but. I don't know. I think they, they kind of, you know, it kind of can conjure up those butterflies, you know, where it's yeah. like somebody can remember you and stuff like that. Just from like seeing your, uh, smelling your smell or kind of remembering and, 
you know, that's it's exciting to have like the butterflies. Just, just, just a friendly word on on butterflies is uh, fuck butterflies. <laughs> butterflies. I'm getting older, and not to not to derail the whole conversation here, but fuck butterflies. Fuck this whole like this person makes me feel like I'm. I don't even know in, in La La Land like like butterflies. For, with, with the opposite sex, it, it's like it's like sugar, right? It's like it gives you this big emotional fucking high, and it ends up being absolutely terrible for you. Sugar maybe in the short term, butterflies maybe in the long term, but it's just it's not good for you. I'm subscribing to this like these emotional spike human That's beings in our lives, both sexes, not men or women, just whatever it is that you're attracted to. If they like incite this giant emotional butterfly response, we we gotta like do a do a discount double check here and just like. Uh, evaluate the situation to a better degree because I'm starting to think that these people are just poison. I love that. That's funny because most people, you know, you're in the minority of that. I think most people are always looking for that butterfly. And I know for me specifically, that's been like a thing. I'm always like, oh man, I met this girl and she's cool and she's nice. And somebody will, you know, you know how it is when you finally, you tell somebody you're seeing someone, they always ask you like, how's it going? Like, how's it going with so-and-so, right? And I always, I always like, I'm always like, oh no, she's great and she's nice. And then I feel like in my head, I'm like, well, something wasn't there. Something was kind of missing. And it's always like kind of reverse back to what you said. It's like, I didn't have those butterflies, but maybe, maybe it's not a bad thing that I didn't have the butterflies, right? The, the butterfly thing, to put it into kind of like a, a, a modern reference, the butterflies is like a, a life Instagram filter, right? So it's like coding everything in like the rose colored glasses or whatever you want to say, the Instagram filter where it's like, everything seems wonderful because this person's inciting this initial emotional response in me. And then, like, you don't take the time to, like, do a, a self-happiness check and see if they're, like, actually working for you. And that's how you get into the, quote-unquote, toxic relationships, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think a lot of people nowadays, it's just so... Or, dude, with the phones and, like, the instant gratification and, like, the... We sound so old, and, like, by the, the way. <laughs> no, but it's true. With, with like, the one-minute sample size... I agree. We become more and more of people in a society that's based on like that spike. We need that spike. Well, need I that. think I think I've said it before. We want the, the TikTok version of a relationship. The like get my attention, give me a, an emotional spike, and then on to the next one. Right. And that that um you know that that spike is like what people base like these like long term like relationships on. They're looking for these, you know, like kickback. And then the problem is with I feel like brand when you and you can agree, you can disagree with me, but I feel like when you, when you base it on that, that fades away and you're left with a shallow relationship. What do you think? I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's literally going back to the, the, the sugar analogy. It's literally an emotional spike that's not good for you, but you then subconsciously crave, even though it's just absolute poison for you. Like, I, I think there's gotta be some, well, you know, my, my stance on this. I've got some opinions on it on how to, you know, kind of properly get through some of the, Initial emotional stuff. We we'll get into that later. But. Yeah, I think we're gonna talk about that later. Brandon has an interesting little uh, philosophical approach and a little bit more of a analytical approach to some dating topics. We're gonna to cover a little later in this episode. But I, you know, you know, it's funny, man. That's interesting. I always think that, like, you know, for me, I think one of my one of my, uh, you know, I, I don't mind bringing my shortcomings. This is why we started this podcast. There we Mainly go. to make fun of me. Let's do it. Is I think I'm known a little bit for like the 90 day dating guy, right? Where I like, I have the three month relationship. I meet someone. Sometimes 120, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind admitting that I've had a few not super long relationships. And I think a lot of it is <clears throat> these butterflies we're talking about it. Sometimes it's that's that they're either 
it either ends because they weren't there or it ends because they were there and that's all there was, right? Whereas, yeah, that's the shelf life of the emotional high. Yeah, yeah. And like, I think it, I think sometimes you also, you know, you put yourself in a situation to be where like you can be dating someone and everything's kind of middling and everything's going okay and nothing's bad and you don't have these like, you don't have these like deal breaker things to point to. So, you know, you just kind of say, well, she seems cool. She seems nice and everything's okay. And it's just, it's just okay. And then you, you try to figure out did the butterflies leave or were there no butterflies? And it's like you said, like maybe just fuck the butterflies. What do you, what do you think? It's like, dude, it's like the dead end job type of thing. It's like, oh, like I get along with my coworkers, but like this isn't really going anywhere in reference yeah. to the, to the 90 day thing. It's like I make just enough money to like pay my bills, but I'm not really going to have a lot of upward mobility. And it's like, that's the kind of the shelf life of the like emotional high. And then it's like, Oh shit, everything this person does gets on my nerves. Yeah. And it's like, you know, speaking of that job, it's like you can be at that dead end job or dead end relationship, not know it. Oh, yeah. And you don't get that sign. It's not like your boss comes out and you're like, Oh my God, my boss is a prick. He just yeah. came out and used all these like racial right. epithets. And you're like, wow, I gotta leave this job. And this yeah. guy like literally stole money in front of me. Like you don't get to work with this asshole boss in a relationship. Or, you know, for me, it's like I end up dating some people that don't have these, like, huge things. Every now and then, I will come across one where I'm like, okay, there it is. That, that's that right there I can't deal with. I'll, I'll share one that happened recently, which was I was on a date with a young lady. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, you know me. I'm, I'm a fun-loving guy. I like to have a good time. I, I'm a very gregarious social. You know, I want, I want to go have a good time. And whoever I'm with... I truly believe they got to be, they got to match your energy, right? They got to, if I like to have fun, they got to like to have fun in a way. And I, I took this girl on a date. I was at, I was at dinner with her. Waiter, come, the server comes over, says, uh, you know, here's our digital menu, the whole thing. Um, uh, you know, click this button for drinks and then I'll be back. Normal thing, right? It comes back a couple minutes later. It's like, what would you guys like to drink? And I'm like, Hey, did you figure out what drink you'd like? She kind of like paused and like looked at me and was like, I'm going to do a, um, like club soda, just club soda by itself. And I'm like, oh, no problem. I'm like, well, do you want like a regular drink? And she's like, um, no. And she like hesitated in a way where I was like, oh, maybe she has an issue. She can't drink, which I totally respect in that capacity. And then, uh, and then it comes out later in the conversation. She's just like, listen, I want to tell you something. If I mix, I drink sometimes on special occasions. I'm not like, you know, whatever. I don't, right. She's I'm not, not sober. I'm not a sober person right. going in recovery or anything like that. But she said, if she has any amount of alcohol with any amount of food within a multi-hour window, she will violently throw up. Right. Like aggressive. Yeah. Makes you know. sense. Yep. There you go. And immediately in that moment, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And in my brain, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, I don't, I can't envision, like, this poor girl. That's a very serious issue. And I'm sure a lot of people can handle that. I honestly don't know if I'm being honest with myself, if that's something I can deal with. For well, it's a, it's a bad recipe, right? So either she can't drink socially and like around like a dinner eating normal, like progression of the day thing. Or, I mean, I'd have to imagine at this point, if she's not drinking at those times, she's only drinking when she's just like dead empty stomach that she's just setting herself up to be a disaster with alcohol. Right. And that's, and not to say that I need to date some like alcoholic or right. party goer or something, but I, I do believe there's just certain things that match your energy. Right, right. Like if you, like you, for instance, you're a very big health and fitness guy. Yeah. I don't imagine that you would ever be truly happy with somebody who didn't like going to the gym in some capacity. Right. Yeah. And I think for everyone out there, people have certain things that they like or don't like, which 
are just part of the fabric of who you are. Like, yeah. I like stand-up comedy, and I like baseball games, and I like live music, and I like, you know, going to the casino and gambling. Stand-up comedy, by the way, not that there aren't exceptions to this rule, but stand-up comedy has become a big barometer in my life for Red Flag. If somebody's not into stand-up comedy, they're not going to be super into me or my, like, antics. Why? There? Because you're a walking joke factory? Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. Because I don't take anything serious, and I'm always, you know, making... I'm the guy that makes a, a joke at the funeral, like... So if you don't like stand-up comedy, and you're not into, like, a little bit of, like, the dark stand-up comedy... No, I, I agree with you, Brandon, and I think that, um, you know, those things are easy. I think it's easy to catch when somebody just has this completely does not align with my worldview right. on a massive thing. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's hard to, to quantify some of the smaller, more subtle well, things. Well, like for you, if somebody's like, I'm not that into music or like play whatever you want to play, like that's going to be like a big thing for you because you're a big concert goer. You're and a it, big, it goes like, both ways. It's not only, yeah, yeah. It's not only is it is it a, a huge negative, but I think it can be a huge positive if they like it. Right. Like if, if I meet someone and they're like, oh my gosh, I love stand-up comedy or right. I love baseball or I love you know, a lot of the things that I'm really into, that complete, like, 180 the other direction. You know what I'm saying? The funny thing is, though, I've realized that, like, there are those, like, core, like, three to five things that you need aligned. And then from there, it's not so bad to have a lot of differences because that's what keeps things interesting. Yeah, you don't want to be a carbon copy of yourself. Right, exactly. And and we've, I think we've both been in situations like that where it's kind of carbon copy-esque and it just gets boring real quick. But there are some of the, like, key things of, like, you know, you see a lot of couples that are like, we always travel for music festivals or we're always, you know, going to wine tastings or whatever, like a couple. And you can learn to love some of those things. But like, ultimately, you need three to five like core type of things. I, I agree with that. And I think uh, this next little piece that we're going to get into is going to help a lot of our listeners to the It's Not Polite to Ask podcast Uh-oh. make some uh, interesting decisions. Now, Brandon and I. I've been friends for many years and we kind of collaboratively, I will say this is probably more Brandon's brainchild than mine. I think I've kind of contributed lightly to it, but um, we kind of came up with this, this model or this metric or this very, very rudimentary algorithm, if you will. It's the money ball approach to dating. It's, it's something that I think is interesting. I'm curious to see what our feedback's going to be on this. Um, Brandon has dubbed it the scale or the, I guess the scale is really... It's the scale. It's the scale. scale. Band has dubbed it the scale. And it's a very interesting way to kind of take a step back and look at not just how much you might be interested in someone, but how well you guys might fit together in what your life needs are, what's going to long-term make you happy. And it really helps this because I know from my experience, a lot of times when I'm in a relationship thing or even a big life thing... My grandfather always used to tell me, it's like the guy, the guy who's playing the chess match and watching him sometimes can see the board better than the guy who's actually in the match. And it's like, for me, when I'm involved in all these relationship situations, I turn to my best friends and I turn to my closest allies and I say, Hey, what do you think about this? And I think that the scale is a very valuable and, um, effective just tool and resource to help you be like, let me get out of this and look at it from a global perspective and see like, how interested am I in this person? How well do we really match? What are the legs behind this relationship? So, Brandon, we'll, I'll let you kind of do a little of the introduction on it, but it's a, it's a pretty neat concept that we use sometimes to kind of like quantify how we, you know, how we think we, we're, we're doing these relationships. Well, yeah, the, the funny thing is, is surprisingly, and maybe it'll continue so, the, the scale has been met with a lot of uh, 
negative energy. And the funny thing is, is it was created kind of, you know, co-created by us to be less shallow to, to, to yeah. value looks and, and physical attributes to a, to a lesser degree. Uh, you know, the problem is, you know, people are always quantifying, uh, you know, members of the opposite sex or whoever you're into, sometimes same sex, uh, you know, with numerical values just for attraction alone. And, you know, we kind of came up with this to uh, attach a numerical value to some of the different attributes. So you've got a 30 point scale instead of your 10 point scale. You've got one to 10 for physical attraction. You've got one to 10 for personality traits. And then you've got one to 10 for X factor. Uh, so to, to kind of decipher between the two, your personality traits are going to be this person's easygoing. Uh, this person is very caring, very loving, uh, nurturing, those types of qualities. X factor things are sometimes the things that don't get talked about enough. You know, maybe it's very important. Maybe that person's very religious, something, you know, uh, a religious alignment might be one thing. Uh, somebody might travel a lot for their job and that's a negative for, you know, somebody in that relationship. And so that might be a subtraction for the X factor. Um, maybe somebody is very close to their family and, and you know, that's going to be a, a really big thing for you and, and add to the X factor. Kind of hours you work, right? Non-traditional hours versus normal hours. Right. Yeah. That's a big one too, is scheduling. Uh, I know that, you know, a lot of people are early risers versus sleep in type people. People work nights versus people work mornings and things like that. Uh, you know, I've seen it with, uh, firefighters, police officers, poker players, uh, you know, the, the schedule alignment, uh, people in the service industry. Beverage, yeah. Very, very important to have that, uh, that alignment. And it does go back into what we were talking about of, you know, you don't necessarily need to date a carbon copy of yourself. So maybe the person that's a massive early riser can learn to, uh, you know, adjust a little bit to the person that sleeps in and vice versa. That person can get on an earlier schedule, but, you know, ultimately it's, you know, what you're coming up with at that time for personal preference. Yeah, I think that it's what, what the skill does and really succeed at doing, Brandon, is it takes, you know, I think that, you know, it's, think about like like your business, right? Real estate, right? People are, um, you know, buying property and buying their first home and making huge investments. And I feel like people do all sorts of levels of due diligence when it comes to that, right? They get an, right. They get an inspector, they do comps, they do all this market research, they, mm -hmm. you know, figure out stuff. And they make these really educated decisions when it comes to investing their money in real estate. I don't know if people are doing the same thing when it comes to relationships. And I think that's kind of the problem when you said earlier that people didn't like the skill because they're like, oh, it takes away the feelings of it or makes it less natural. And it's like, honestly, dude, at the end of the day, if we're making feelings based on, you know, feelings are the primary and only thing we're looking at. There's a reason why there's a lot of unsuccessful relationships in, in society nowadays, why, why the divorce rate is what it is and why so many relationships don't last. Because I think that, yes, um, you know, your just your your raw emotion should definitely play a huge factor. Definitely. But there's got to be something else that you're using to grade what this relationship really is other than your raw emotion. Oh, yeah. And you're and you're, you're you made a great point there. The, the thing is, is you're not subtracting it, right? Because you're not going to run somebody through this unless you're obviously getting some positive emotional feelings from this person. You're not going to take the time and be like, okay, uh, I, let's just say I, I saw this person on hinge and I've had a, a two second conversation with them and I'm going to, uh, you know, try to run them through the scale. You know, it's somebody obviously that you're going places with and have an emotional connection with and maybe a stop and pause and try to evaluate things. Yeah. It makes sense completely. And I, uh, so, so let me see if I get this straight. So let's, 
It's basically you're taking these three things that are equally weighted, right? Everything, equally weighted. Everything's yes. equally weighted. Equally so weighted. It's not, this is above that. So it's, you're taking the you're looks. You're getting 33.3% weight for, well, for each of these. Yep. Yeah. So it's, you're taking your pure looks or attractive. Yeah, level, it's attraction. It's attraction. Whatever, whatever that physical attraction level is, which is super important in a relationship, yeah. right? You're taking who they are as a person, as their personality, right? What their, what that human being is, their kindness and all that stuff, funny, you know, just all their personality traits. And then you're taking the X factor, which is everything about Right, their life that they can't control as a personality. Wants kids, thing. doesn't want kids. Has kids, will, doesn't have kids. Right, willing to move, not willing to move. You right. know these types of things. Interesting. I yeah. like that, man. That's really cool. So, what you know, give me an example. What do you think? Um, you know, like a girl. What, what's something that a, a female in today's dating pool might look for, or you you, you might guide them to? What should, what should they for our female listeners, Brandon? What should they be looking for? What should they be striving for? Sure. So, and and I want to clarify this. You know, the the attraction portion of this is attraction, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be looks. And I know specifically, you know, women tend to look at that a little bit different. It's just your personal physical attraction to that person. And I know a lot of people are going to jump to a lot of these whole numbers. Uh, we do like to break things down into quarter points. So you have, you know, okay. one, 1.25, 1.5, 1.75, two, because the whole jumping from a one to a two, five to a six, it's, it's too much. Gotcha. Can't possibly be. We gotta. We gotta get more precise than that. So you know, and you're taking an honest inventory, right? You're, ta- you're you gotta take an honest inventory, otherwise it doesn't work. I think that's something I've heard that people have kind of fallen back. They're like, well, you know, I looked at him and he was a six, but when I got to know him, he became an eight to me, looks wise. And it's like, dude, 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 no. You're now you're you're blending pers- how you feel about him as a person with how you feel about him from the right. track. You gotta be if I if I'm understanding this correctly, Brandon, you have to be fully being able to make objective right. decisions based on each individual category yep. without letting one affect the other. Like, oh, I thought she was super hot, but then she was like really boring, so now I think she's a six, six or whatever. It works best with people who honestly who aren't that good at math because they can't be like giving the person extra points along the way because they know they're already starting to come up short. Oh, so for so, me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't, you don't want to bargain with yourself. Um, right. You want to set uh, a total number before you go and evaluate this person. Um you know, this number can change potentially depending on, you know, what point in your life you're at. It's a zero, it's a zero to 10 skill on each. Point. Zero zero for 10 each. And then you need to set a total number that, you know, you think that somebody needs to meet in order to be a potential future option. So, and you got to be realistic with what number you might be, right? Yeah. You, you, you've, you've got to be, you know, aware of what you bring to the table. Um, but again, the, the whole thing is that it's designed so that people with certain categorical shortcomings can make up for it in other places. So, Let's just say hypothetically, you're a, I don't know, 30 year old female and you're like, I really want to meet somebody that's an eight and a half across the board, right? So that's going to be a 25 and a half, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. my math's correct there. You know, the math was so a 25 and a half. So then we'd go back in and do the scale. She'd say, okay, I'm extremely physically attracted to this person. Let's say in this particular situation, uh, he checks all my boxes. He's tall. He's fit. Whatever it might be, I I'm really an eight and a half attracted to him. So we're we're off to a good start, right? Uh, you know, the looks can be a difficult part. You know, potentially. You know, oftentimes the the scale is designed so that if the person checks off other boxes, it can kind of make up for maybe some physical shortcomings. So let's say this is a really attracted situation, and this person is an eight and a half uh, to this guy. And then we go to personality. Okay. He's very funny. Uh, let's say he, uh, you know, he makes you laugh. 
He's maybe not the most, um, you know, selfless. He's not the most caring. So we'll give him an eight, right? So we're at a 16 and a half now. And then we get to X Factor, right? Uh, you know, loves his mom, you know, good with his siblings, same religion. But Let's give him some negatives. Maybe yeah, he's I was just, too, I was maybe, just he's, maybe he's too young. He's, he's immature. Right. He's too young. Maybe he's 24 and she's 30 and she doesn't know how she feels about it. He, he doesn't want kids. So let's say he's uh, a seven out of 10 there. Nice. Yeah. So, you know, just quick math alone, he's going to come up a little short. Right. Quick math alone, he's going to come up, uh, what is it? Uh, two points short. So he's going to be a, uh, 23 and a half. And that's just not going to cut it for a 25 and a half, uh, needing 30 year old female. Wow. That's not going to work. That's an interesting way to look at it. And it's, I think it's, uh, it's different. It's outside the box. It's a little bit more quantitative as opposed to qualitative, right? It's more, you're, you're, you're and, and not to say it can't change. Not to say, you know, you can't say, okay, I'm eyes open. I'm aware that this person is, uh, you know, lacking in some of those categories. I really need to see some personal growth from this person. You know, we need to have a conversation about, Wanting kids, you know, I need to see some maturity growing from that person. And it's not to say it can't change. You yeah, just, as long as you continue to be honest with yourself, there's no reason why it can't. Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting when you mentioned that because I think for me personally, um, as I've gotten, you know, into my 30s and work more on my professional life, work more on my, you know, physicality, work more on just my maturity and just how to present myself as a man. You think you've grown on the scale? No, I think that my requirements have grown. And I think, oh, that that's, I think that's why there's, I think that plays a factor into yep. the whole, you know, we discussed in, pre, in a previous episode, you know, why have I waited this long to, you know, get married and have kids? It's like, dude, if I'm working hard on improving myself and making myself the best version of myself, I think it's only fair if I require someone else who's, I'm not saying my equal or whatever, like I don't mean in those terms. Right. I mean, you know, is hitting a lot of my interests in a way that are aligned with who I am as a human being. So we create a good match. It's about it, making a good match, right, right Brandon? And, and, it, and it is, you know, not, not to interrupt you there. It is because you mentioned, you know, making sure that, you know, you're, you're making sure you're growing on the scale and you want your partner to do the same. But it's not meant necessarily to make sure everybody's living up because I do think that certain people have the unrealistic expectation of, I want this 10 person, you know, 10 physical attributes, 10 personality, 10 looks. And it's like, you know, that's, that's not a real situation, you know, so these people have these unrealistic expectations and they might be missing somebody that's great right under their nose. So, I mean, it works the same, you know, for, Hey, you know, open your eyes. You've got a great person in front of you, not just somebody who's coming up short. It can work, you know, the opposite way. That makes sense. I mean, I think that that's, that's something that I, I don't know if a lot of people are using this lens for dating. I really don't. And I think it's something that could help us. Um, speaking of, you know, using a different lens for dating, we did, you know, we, we tweeted out today, if anyone had any questions about dating or relationships, and we did get an email today, Brandon, we got an email. There we go. Um, and I'm going to read that today. And you so, want to explain to the uh, millennial listeners at home what email is or? Yeah, email is like a text <laughs> message that's for adults. Um, <laughs> we got a text message for adults <laughs> and it's uh, it's a dating scenario. So today's been a very dating having topic. So we're going to get into it right here. So I'm, right. Going to read the, I'm going to read the email. Here it goes. Lisa from Ohio writes, my friend Sarah has been dating this guy for a year and she works in Pompano Beach. He lives in Deerfield, which are cities here in Florida. She stays the night at his place a few times a week, and he just said he feels 
that she doesn't clean his place or contribute with cleaning slash laundry. Yikes. They do not live together. Would you ask someone you're dating but not living with to clean your place? <laughs> Did we, uh, really quick, I just want to make sure I have all the details. Did we get into the, the frequency in which she's going over his house, anything like that? Is this like a, because sometimes people say they're not living together, but they're kind of living together. We don't have that information. We just have what's what's written in the email, but it sounds based on the, you know, if I, if we're reading between the lines here, Brandon, it's safe to say that she's probably there a fair amount if Do, he's requesting it. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. So that would be my assumption. What do you, what do you think? Where do you, where do you fall on this one? What do you think? You think he's, you think he's okay by asking or I have my own opinion, but I'll let you kind I, of. I think laundry, definitely not. First of all, laundry, definitely not. The exception being if she's like, hey, I really need to wash this for myself. Do you have anything that you'd like to throw in? I don't think there's anything wrong with asking someone to pitch in with cleanup if that person is the primary person that's hosting the the relationship sleepovers, for lack of a better term. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I do think that, you know, you would hope at a certain age that everybody can just kind of like, I don't know. My, my mom always taught me like, be a good guest, right? And I don't think that should ever stop at any point during a relationship. Uh, so, I mean, if he's having to ask, I'm assuming she's like not only not helping, but contributing to the problem. So, but I mean, that's a very slippery slope. Uh, I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Here, here's my take on it, man. Here's my take on it. I think that, you know, I think that a lot of these factors, what, what stands out to me from this email said, you know, Sarah's been dating this guy for a year. So they've been together a year. I don't know if the guy in question here has set and her have collaboratively set the precedent for expectations. And I think that's a problem a lot of people make in relationships is they don't lay out a clear idea of what they expect from their partner, what they expect from themselves to give. And then you get these like murky situations where it's like, wait, I want you to do this, but I never told you I wanted that. It's like, dude, for me, you know me, Brandon. So, and for, you know, our listeners home, I'll be honest, like, I believe that when it comes to whatever you want to call it, whether it's gender roles or how your, you know, t- your team works as a relationship or distribution of, you know, responsibilities, whatever term you want to dub it, I think that it's important that as obviously not at the very beginning, but as your relationship starts to grow and progress, I think it's important to have that conversation and let people know. Like for me specifically, I'm never going to be an overly domestic person. I'm right. not. I live by myself in a condo and I have a, you know, I try to maintain a clean place, but I do, you know, pay out for cleaning help occasionally to maintain the place clean. I know that I'm never going to be that over the top, nonstop domestic person. I, I like to, you know, spend my time at work. I like to spend my time in other capacities. So I'm always going to be very direct with the person I date that that's a priority for me. That it's a priority for me that they're okay with taking some of that um, you know, the, the lion's share of some of those responsibilities. And I, and I don't think that it's, I don't think it's a sin to have that in 2021. I know that it's not, this isn't the 1950s, but I think it's a, there's still room for that, Brandon, right? There's still room to tell your partner, Hey, I, I believe in some of these traditional roles. And then there's, there's another thing to it. Like, what am I doing in concert with that? Right. How am I giving my share back to the relationship? If right. she's doing, 
X, Y, and Z around the house, what am I doing? Am I making her feel special? Am I taking her on dates? Am I being thoughtful? Am I doing things? And is he doing things to be able to request that? Right, yeah. And I think it's just all about balance, right? Because it's not necessarily that you're implying that that person has to take on the actual responsibility of it. Let's say you uh, meet someone with a very serious career and she's like, I equally hate doing domestic items. Let's bump up the cleaning and laundry person from... One to two days, two to three days. So it's not yeah. necessarily saying that you're like, I need, you know, Debbie dishwasher. It's just balance, right? And it, like, like what you said, it could be somebody with a less serious career and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just not a priority for them to make money. And you're going to be the primary breadwinner in that situation and maybe still have a, a, a housekeeper, but still the, those other responsibilities might fall on the other person. And it can, I've seen it work. You know, it doesn't have to work in any specific gender way. It's just, there has to be balance. If you're not providing one thing, you probably should try to provide the other thing. You know what the irony is, man? Here we go. The irony is Uh-oh. the John Doe in this scenario, if he listened to the It's Not Polite to Ask podcast, learned our lesson today about the scale, and then considered his X factor requirements, yeah. right? Yeah. Which is domestic, whatever domestic rules are. Right. And was very clear and had it uh, before the before the fact understanding of whilst, what he was into. Whilst, not to interrupt you, whilst hopefully understanding that he's providing, like you said, he better be super thoughtful, super caring to get into the love language things. He better be doing acts of service and gifts and other stuff if he's requesting this. Right. Yeah. But I'm, it's listen, at the end of the day, this would be an X factor. Thing, right. 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 What, how is she right. around the house? Right. If that's an X factor thing for him. He's got to consider that. Yeah, and if he's sure. with Sarah in this situation, he can't expect Sarah to be a nine X factor if she's yeah. been a, whatever for her whole relationship and then he's never spoken to her about it. Yeah, I'd be curious to see how long it's going on, right? If it's like a uh, a build-up thing, right? It's been going on since uh, two months and, and they're now a year in. So he's been just like grinning and bearing it for 10 months or if she's like recently become sloppy. But like like you said, the, the scale could have helped right around the uh, the 90-day mark where we're, we're deciding if it's uh, sugar or a, a sustainable food source here. Got a lot of good times today for our listeners. <laughs> today. I hope uh, went a little longer than our normal episode, but I think we had some really good stuff, guys. I appreciate you tuning in. I will pledge you to subscribe, follow us on social media. It's the It's Not Polite to Ask podcast. Um, I really had a lot of fun today's episode. Um, guys, we're going to be expanding a little bit of our platforms. We're going to get on some new uh, distribution platforms here pretty soon. Nice. So be on the lookout for that. For my always fantastic co-host, Brandon Shaw, I'm your host, Albert Estrada, and thank you for listening to the It's Not Polite to Ask podcast.